listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. We're going to examine and look at what's going to happen to America in the next number of weeks, months, and years. Now, nobody, nobody knows precisely the timetable. So, so specifying an exact period of time, especially if you throw out the words days, weeks, months, etc., or even years, can be very precarious and dangerous because the probability is that you're going to misfire. You're going to miss the boat, and you're either going to say something that's conjecture, your opinion, or you're going to say something that diverges from the central issues. So that's why, by the way, I uh, decline calling myself a prophet. God has given me prophetic gifts, prophetic understanding, the gift of prophecy, but that's different than calling yourself a prophet. And the reason for that is I have not ever met or heard of anybody alive today who has been even close in terms of accuracy when they say they have a prophecy from the Lord or when they call themselves prophets. Now, I'm not knocking everybody who calls themselves a prophet, because some of them have reasons for it that is between them and the Lord. And we will all, myself included, give an account for our gifts and our callings before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. But I have never met anybody or heard of anybody who has been 100% accurate when they have said they have a prophecy from the Lord, and then they give it out. I don't know anybody. I don't know of anybody who has been 100% accurate. And in addition to that, it's amazing. If we look back over the last just seven years, if we look back over the last seven years, um, there has been the unleashing of incredible Luciferian global forces unparalleled in human history. Unparalleled in human history. It has never happened before. There have been types of what has happened before that have emerged in history, like ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel, uh, the Pharaoh God-King system in Egypt, and, and many other things. Those are types of what was to come. But we have so many people who call themselves prophets, yet, not to my knowledge, did anybody spell out the details of, of what is now called the Great Reset and what I call hyper globalism uh, being conducted, the takeover of planet Earth. The literal, you and I are living in the time period where there is a literal taking over of planet Earth. And if you know people that don't get that yet, it's your job and my job to educate them and come off sane and rational as we do it. Because it's, believe me, as you well know, talking to your friends and your relatives, etc., we've all been subjected to ridicule and mockery, especially generated especially by the media, which is totally wrong about everything 100% of the time. So let me redefine the word prophet. We do have what I would call secular humanists, corporate prophets, not in the monetary sense, but in, in the spiritual sense. We have corporate media secular prophets who make all kinds of predictions. And if we examine the track record of the mass media's predictions, we see that they have a 100% incorrect and totally false record 
of predicting anything. So on one hand, we may have some Christian prophets who get it wrong, you know, 10, 15 percent of the time. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But on the other hand, we have this completely other group, these self-anointed, self-proclaimed fools in the mass media who are consistently, 100 percent of the time, completely inaccurate, and they completely uh, fail to predict what's going on. And that's because they're not honest. They're not clean. They're dirty. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say they're dirty? They're dirty because the news that they supposedly communicate is not news. It's propaganda. The journalism that they supposedly are supposed to be exercising is not journalism. It's hack social engineering. And they are owned and controlled by major globalist corporations. They're on a leash. They're told what to do, not always directly, but indirectly. Therefore, because they're told what to do, the fact, the very fact that their news is controlled, the content is controlled, is evidence of the fact that they're dirty. They're not clean. They're corrupt, and they're corrupt, and they stink at the high heaven. And I think I'm being polite. What do you think? Okay, now, um, I said a few moments ago, America and the entire world right now is under an all-out attack on a level that has never happened before in human history. Anyone that doesn't fully grasp what that means, anyone who is resisting from accepting that as a factual statement of truth, has serious intellectual, logical, perception-based and spiritual deficits, deficits that are very serious. For anyone to look, especially in America, for anyone to look at America over the last seven years, just seven years, and to come to the false conclusion that all of this is the product of random chance and, and accidental collisions of nature and, and global warming or global cooling, or they keep changing it because it's see. One thing about people that lie a lot, and you know this very well, people that lie a lot have a Achilles heel that always gets them into trouble. They forget what they said in their lies. So when time goes by and somebody revisits them and asks them a question regarding something they said, let's say, a year ago or whatever, they inevitably cannot remember what they said because they made it up to begin with. You, you've met people like this. And it's, when you're a liar, it's very hard to keep your lies together, to keep your lies straight. So what happens is they will answer and, and in a ridiculous manner contradict themselves and say the exact opposite of what they said a year ago. And the reason for that is they lied to begin with. They pe- perpetuated a lie. And when you are lying all the time, it is extremely difficult to remember the track record of what you said, because it's all fictional. You made it all up. They're all lies. And so you inevitably get caught in a trap of your own design because you'll issue a statement that blatantly contradicts a previous statement. And the reason for that is you were lying. And we live in an atmosphere in America right now where the the, the, we, the biggest pollution problem we have in America, besides man-made chemtrails coming from jets, The biggest pollution problem we have in America is the pollution of lies and lying 
that fills the spiritual atmosphere in which we live. The fog in LA is no longer produced by you know, consumer automobile drivers. That's not creating the fog. The fog that hangers and lingers over LA is a combination of chemtrails from jets and an atmosphere dense and dark that consists of spiritual lies and lies in every area of life. See, when you embrace the spiritual lies, it always cascades down into embracing lies regarding economics, politics, geopolitics, science, education, so on and so forth. If, you, if you're building your life or a society on a foundation of lies, it can't hold together. So that's where we are as a nation right now. So back to what I said. Anyone that is incapable of perceiving the fact that right now, and probably beginning a mere seven years ago, America is now under siege and under attack on a level that nobody, nobody could fully imagine the intensity and the acceleration of the attack we are now under. And we can't move forward as a people, the people of God. We cannot move forward. You know, pointing the finger at secular people and accusing them of things is a very short-sighted game. Pointing the finger at people who don't believe in God in the first place, don't claim to believe in God, pointing the finger at secular humanists, pointing the finger uh, at the unsaved and blaming them for, let's say, the sin problem is a foolish venture. Why? Because God did not create the unsaved to preach the gospel. Get it? God created his church. That's all true believers in Jesus Christ that are legitimately born again by faith in Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the spirit of truth. It is our job to spread the truth of the gospel and to spread truth in every arena of life into every area of our society. It is the job of the true church to spread the truth, not only the truth of the gospel, but the truth of science, philosophy, biology, genetics, education, and so on and so forth. When we're doing our job, instead of, and our job is not to, to just point the finger at other people, but when we're doing our job, then people will begin to see the light, the light of the truth. When people begin to see the light of the truth, that displaces the spiritual darkness, the spiritual deception, and it breaks up, it pulverizes, it shatters the atmosphere of lies over L.A. and every other major city and in just about every area of America. So how we win the endgame, which is preparing America and the world for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. How we win that endgame is we effectively win souls for Christ and we effectively communicate the truth. When we do that, the deception and the lies begin to dissipate. All we have to do is be faithful with whatever it is that the Lord has given us. Now, being faithful means that we agree with the Lord in faith, we make a decision with our will to agree with what the Lord has said, not what we think, not what our opinion is. We 
make the choice with our wills to always defer to the word of uh, the word of God, and then we act on it. And so, God has given each one of us a different amount, a different measure of gifting and talents and abilities and resources, according to what has been given to us, and according to what we're believing God to do through us in our lives, that determines the measure that we should be giving our lives, our resources, our abilities, and our talents to God. It's a, it's a, it's a very simple formula. As you sow, so shall you reap. So when I say in the Paul McGuire report, we need to move forward now to change our nation by penetrating the darkness with the light at every level of our society, and I ask you to pray and ask the Lord, you know, Lord, what would you have me donate or contribute or give to Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church? Your, your response should always be based on what the Lord is telling you in his still small voice, and your response should be based on the biblical principle according to the measure that God has blessed you, equipped you, according to the amount of the resources God has given you, the talents and the abilities and the giftings that God has given you, according to the amount that God has entrusted you with, it's on that basis that you hear the Lord and you respond in obedience, not to me, not to me, you respond in obedience to the Lord and give according to how much you've been given. In, in all the different areas, not just finances, but in every area of your gifting. And for those of you that are trying to expand your territory and realize a dream or a vision or a goal that you believe God has placed in your heart, then you're required to stretch things. And by that, I mean to stretch out your faith and go beyond in faith, not foolishness, in prudence, not foolishness, but to go beyond uh, the stereotypical uh, amount that that an average person would give, because they're not believing God. They don't have—I don't mean that in a negative sense—they don't have the calling that you have on your life. So we are responsible to give according to our calling, and not only according to our calling, but according to what the Lord has given us. Now, I know a lot of people over the years that have given to this ministry, Paradise Mountain Church, and many are just ordinary people, and we thank God for all the ordinary people that give. And some of the people are very extraordinary. They are the owners of large businesses, or they're responsible for making large decisions. And it's interesting to see the relationship between people's faithfulness in giving, faithfulness in praying, faithfulness of being conscious of the fact that you're a steward or you're a manager, your resources ultimately were given by God to you, and therefore you're a manager of that. So it's interesting to see when you follow people's careers and their lives over, let's say, 30 years or, or less, and you see that people who were obscure and unknown and, and basically broke many times but because they were faithful in the little things, and they were consistently faithful year after year, it's amazing to see how God has blessed and expanded and grown 
and rewarded their faithfulness and taken them to an entirely different level. So to me, this when when I ask you what I just asked you, it's not something that I'm just pulling out of my hat. It's something that is rooted in the Word of God, and something that I've seen applied by people that give and donate to this ministry over the years. And so you, your job and my job is to do what God calls us to do, to move out in faith in the areas that God has called us to move out in. So for me, God has given me essentially the same vision, the same call, even though I didn't know. I couldn't have told you 30 years ago, maybe not even 20 years ago, I couldn't have told you precisely in, in clear definition what my call was. I was doing my call. I was acting out my call. I was busy fulfilling my call. But I really wasn't conscious of precisely what it is. It was just in me, and so I did it. And the same thing is happening in your life. Whether you're aware of your call or callings or not, the fact of the matter is, if you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you, it's like an inner radar system. You are being, or an inner GPS system, you are being inwardly directed by the Spirit of God, whether you realize it or not, to focus in on certain areas, to study and train in certain areas. And even though you don't grasp the big picture, God does. And so if you will be faithful in the small things, okay, in, in season and out of season, God will bless you. And then another principle to remember, and this is one my wife used to remind me of all the time. I had to remind myself of all the time, because moving out in faith is not all that easy. And when you're beginning, and a beginning can last decades, by the way, but when you're in the beginning stages, and again, the beginning stages can last decades, the Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So when you're looking around and your dream or vision has not come to completion and you feel like, well, what you're doing doesn't really seem to matter, you're wrong. You need to, to, to renew your mind with the Word of God and not despise the day of small beginnings. And I promise you, there were many times in my life over decades of ministry where all I could see around me was evidence of the day of small beginnings. And I, and I would say, for me, it wasn't a day of small beginnings. It was years of small beginnings. And then, just like the seasons changing, almost without me noticing it, because it, it's subtle how it can come up behind you and then overtake you. So with great subtlety, I hardly noticed it. Like the seasons changing, one season fading into another, all of a sudden, the small beginnings I began to notice were turning into medium-sized beginnings and large, and then very large, realities. And I want to share that as we transition now into talking about what's happening in America, because one thing I want to communicate with you is we are to rely on the supernatural power of God and the Word of God. That is what will cause us to be victorious and winning the spiritual battle for America and the spiritual battle for our lives. And so I just want to remind you of that before we change gears. And again, I exhort you and I challenge you in love to ask the Lord how you can partner with us. I think I've clearly defined the vision and the calling God has given us. 
um, to function as watchmen on the wall. And all I ask is that you ask the Lord, what should you do? And whatever the Lord tells you to do, obey him. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We will be back in just a minute. This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. So, again, approximately seven years ago, and the seeds of what is happening now began, obviously, far a long time before that. But let's just go back seven years ago, approximately seven years ago. Many global changes were already starting to happen on every level. The invisible forces, power, and money behind globalism, which is perpetuated by people with enormous wealth, trillions of dollars, not only a globalist elite, but an occult elite or a Luciferian elite. They had been busy working to achieve their endgame. And I wrote and warned about their endgame going back 40 years, at least. 40 years and more, by the way, significantly more. I wrote about them. I wrote about their endgame. It's in my books. And there was, and I wrote about this also, the secret occult plan for America. And the secret occult plan for America was directly tied into the secret occult plan for the world. Now, in their bullet points of their agendas that they wrote down, like, for example, the Georgia uh, Guidestones, I almost said tombstones by accident, because tombstones would have been more uh, apt. Somebody destroyed. Uh, the Georgia Guidestones. I guess they didn't want factual, living evidence written in stone to to be standing because it's a testimony. It's actually more than testimony. It's an admission of guilt if you read it yeah, from a legal perspective. They talk about all of their goals. Goals of who? The, the occult elite. And one of their goals, they wrote on the Georgia Guidestones, was to reduce the population of planet Earth from 7 billion people to 500 million people as fast as possible. So, one of the key tenets or theological beliefs of this occult elite is the fact that they, they, they believe almost evangelistically in the deep spiritual era of euthanasia. Euthanasia is the counterfeit science developed by Malthus in the 1800s, a British philosopher and clergyman and somewhat of a scientist, who wrote some essays stating that he believed that the most pressing problem for mankind that could potentially cause mankind's extinction in, in the next century was excessive population growth. And so he proposed that the only way we could deal with this was to kill off as many people as we possibly could to save planet Earth and to, to make it sustainable. So that is a huge part of the belief system of these people. And even though they write about it openly, and, and, the, and the Georgia uh, Guidestones were up there for a long, long time, 
photographed and videoed, and people were talking about it, and it clearly stated that whoever these people were, they didn't admit who they really were. Uh, that their goal was to reduce the or re- reduce the Earth's population from seven billion to five hundred million people. Now I can remember uh, before I completely grasped all of this. I can remember many decades ago, many decades ago, watching like sixty-minute specials with Dan Rather on CBS, where they would devote the entire one-hour show to the dangers of excessive population growth. And then they would dramatically amplify the fear of the television audience by fictitionally creating this horrific end-of-the-world scenario of what would happen to planet Earth if we didn't drastically reduce the Earth's population. So that and many programs like that were designed to brainwash the American public. Mankind's biggest problem is not excessive population growth. It never has been. The earth is sustainable. This is why you have to have a biblical worldview. If you have a biblical worldview, then it's a very logical series of thoughts. You understand that the Creator God, capital C, created creation, planet earth, and his primary mandate was to be fruitful and multiply. Reproduction, animals, fish, all the species, and especially mankind. The primary mandate from the Creator, capital C, was to be fruitful and multiply. God was never concerned about excessive population growth. Now, how is it that God, who knows everything, he's omniscient, how is it that God, who knows everything, has never been worried about excessive population growth? It's never even mentioned in the Bible. Because God is behind the opposite point of view, which is the viewpoint of the truth, and he knows that the way you make mankind sustainable is by being fruitful and multiplying. So we see that during the fall of mankind by Adam and Eve, what does God tell Adam and Eve? He tells them to be fruitful and multiply. This is, excuse me, before the fall of mankind. One of the primary instructions from God to Adam and Eve before the fall, while they were still in paradise, while they were still in the Garden of Eden, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. He gave that same command, and it is a command, by the way, to nature, the animals, the fish, the birds, and all the different species. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay, so then, when the earth has become wicked and and the, the DNA and the genetic structure of man has been contaminated and the DNA of the fish and the birds and the animals has been corrupted by fallen angel DNA, God has to wipe out his creation because his creation on a DNA genetic level has been corrupted. And so he uses a flood to wipe out every species, including mankind, that has corrupted its DNA. And the only people that are spared are Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives, and of course, then their children. And, and then the animals and different species of creation are brought on this giant ark, two by two. Why two by two? Obviously, for the purpose of reproduction. Two by two means male and female. The animals came aboard, the different species came aboard the ark, 
who had not, who, whose DNA had not yet been corrupted, and they came on the ark two by two, male and female, because male and female are needed for, for the process of being fruitful and multiplying. Now, after the flood subsided and, and all the corrupted DNA was uh, eradicated, what did God say to Noah and Noah's family? Once again, as he said to Adam and Eve, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, so what we derive from this, obviously, is the fact that, you know, God knows everything. He's the creator. God, if you think that God didn't know what he was doing when he created planet Earth, when he commanded mankind to be fruitful and multiply, then you have a problem with your brain working properly. Because there's obviously a glitch in the software you call your brain. There's a glitch in the software because if God was even remotely concerned about the detrimental effects of excessive population growth, he wouldn't have given them the command to be fruitful and multiply. The fact of the matter is, despite what the secular humanists say, and they're in grave error, you know, people are so enamored and give over the authority of God's word. They give over the authority of their own power of logic and reason and, and, and your own power. That's right. You don't have to go to MIT to have an innate power given to you by God. You have an innate power, many of you, in, in the area of scientific inquiry and logic and reason. And so it's, it's only logical that God had no concerns at all about planet Earth being sustainable, because God is the master super engineer. He created the Earth from the very beginning to be sustainable. The human race will never perish because of a lack of resources due to excessive population growth. What threatens the human race right now is the deep evil people that are managing and controlling the flow of resources. The things that make life sustainable on planet Earth have been hijacked. They have been stolen by a very tiny group of elite occultists or Luciferians who, for example, own the energy industry. They own the water. They own everything. And as long as they're controlling things out of selfishness and cruelty and the hidden agenda to, to eradicate what they call uh, excess, excessive population growth, that's what is threatening our sustainability. God created planet Earth, or as Buckminster Fuller, the engineer, he referred to planet Earth as spaceship Earth, and he used that as an analogy to teach a principle that I don't agree with, which is we're like the Captain Kirk of Star Trek, you know. We're driving spaceship Earth, and it's our job to make Earth sustainable. Well, no, it's not. It's our job to manage the abundance. You read the book of Genesis. What you see is be fruitful and multiply. And what you see everywhere after the flood of Noah uh, with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, what you see everywhere is the creativity of God, the awesome wonder of creation. And you see. Literally, on planet Earth, designed by God, you see infinite abundance. 
infinite abundance in every area of life. There is no lack, poverty, food shortages, droughts. All of these things are the results of man's sin, man's mismanagement, man's greed, the the criminal nature of fallen man operating under the orders of Satan that steals, robs, kills, and destroys with military armies, with governments, with ideologies and philosophies that bring about death and destruction everywhere. That, that there is the truth. Okay. Bible says the devil goes about uh, like a roaring, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So Satan energizes men and women who will come to Satan and pledge their souls to Satan for power and money and things like that. And so they're following not the instructions of God, the instructions of God's Word. They're following this, the instructions of their own fallen human nature, sinful nature, and the instructions of Satan or Lucifer, who is leading a rebellion against God with one-third of the fallen angels serving him. So, a problem is this mismanagement by corrupt governments, by corrupt armies, by corrupt trillionaires. They are the ones, you know, you look, everywhere you look, there's evidence of what I just told you. Everywhere you look, there is infinite evidence of what I just told you. But the average person who has been dumbed down doesn't know that. Because all he or she hears or sees is what the corrupt media is brainwashing them to believe. All they see is the reality that they've been told to believe in through social engineering and programming beginning in childhood. Let's just rattle off from the top of my head just a couple of examples. When America was first founded and largely operating under the biblical principles instilled in America by the fervent Bible-believing Christians known as the Pilgrims and Puritans, the abundance of God, the, the American dream, and everything was flourishing in abundance. As long as the people followed the, the commandments of the Bible, especially Deuteronomy 28, the blessings of God were poured out on America or any nation that chose to follow the biblical God's way. So, America became literally the breadbasket of the world. Our farms in America that began with the Bible-believing pilgrims and Puritans and their farms began on the East Coast and then spread to the Midwest and spread all over America. At one time, there was so much farming in America because the, the, the soil was fertile, the rains were continual, there was enough sunshine, there was no such thing as GMOs or genetically modified wheat or, or food. And so America was had an agricultural harvest that was like, massive, and could literally feed the entire world. But what has happened to the American farmer and privately owned farms over, de over the last decades, beginning as far back as I can remember as a child? And, and look, no, actually, that's not true. I had some relatives who owned large farms up in upper New York State, 
and I visited them uh, with my father when I was a young kid, and I, I, my mind was blown because I'd never been on a farm before. So, but America, see, when America had farms and was allowed, and people were allowed to farm their own land, they prospered financially. Nobody lacked for food. Food was inexpensive. But what happened was this globalist elite that didn't like that. So they have been conspiring, yes, conspiring, to buy up the farmland, to pass, they have bought up millions and millions of acres of fertile farmland. They have waged war on the American farmer and the farmland for constant decades. They have passed all kinds of laws to restrict and prohibit farmers from prospering and fully utilizing their land. See, the, the, the fertile land and the farms of America were so fruitful, and they were a direct result of a spiritual blessing from the infinite personal living God of the universe. The fertile farmlands in America were so magnificent that they were the direct result of God's spiritual and material blessings that he promised that would be poured out on his people. And it was all dependent upon whether or not his people obeyed the conditions for this incredible, fruitful harvest. And so the trillionaires, up to this very moment, are buying up all the farmland, making it illegal for farmers to plant crops, making it illegal to own farmland, placing all kinds of prohibitions and restrictions and laws, sending in armed law enforcement. To, to I, who knows what they're doing up there, but they're shutting down farms. In the meantime, our food prices, like in Nazi Germany, like in communist China, like in communist Russia, our food prices are now rising and out of control. And it has nothing to do with the lie of sustainability, the lies of global warming, the lies of global cooling, and all the other lies that are being programmed, programming the average American. That without perhaps in many cases even realizing it, they've turned from the true God. They worship nothing. You know, if you're a secular humanist and you don't believe in God, then the only God there could be would be you. And you know, and I know, that there's not a man or woman alive that, have, that even remotely has what it takes to be God. So if secular humanists are planning to be God, they are already a dismal failure. We don't need more of it in the form of transhumanism. We don't need robo-people and robocops. We don't need to eat insects because, because the world is perishing. Last night I made a point to see, uh, it is the number one viewed film on Netflix right now. And guess who produced it? The Obamas. Uh, the Obamas produced this movie. And it's a movie about the end of the world, a biological apocalypse being invaded with uh, Chinese troops or Middle Eastern troops. I mean, for crying out loud, I thought I was reading pages from my own books. But of course, at pivotal junctions throughout the movie, there's some very sneaky detours designed to, to use the movie to function as propaganda to accept a big totalitarian government that will be all-powerful and will protect you and feed you and take care of you in the time of plagues and 
and uh, military attempted military takeover by a foreign nation and everything. Of course, they're not going to take care of you. History shows that totalitarian governments never take care of you. The name of this movie is called Leave the World Behind. And Barack Obama uh, and his wife were the producers. Barack and Michelle Obama. And, you know, uh, a lot of uh, big-name actors. Julia Roberts. Uh, and a lot of other big names. Um, it was interesting to read the writer's background. So Netflix, this is a Leave the World Behind. It has all these themes that you would find in Bible prophecy. I mean, there's a massive invasion of some kind. And not only that, <clears throat> what I found very interesting, because I've been writing and talking to you about electro, uh, EMF weapons, electromagnetic frequency weapons, 5G weapons, I've been writing to you about for at least 20 years teaching about it for at least 20 years. And I still have Christians that, that can't get up to speed. They can't even get on first base when it comes to apprehending the truth. Yet the, the writers of this movie, they understood all this, because in the movie, the, 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 the people who, who are the central figures in the movie, and as well as the, the people in the town that they live in, are constantly being zapped by, and it's obvious what it is, by these powerful electromagnetic frequency weapons, and and um, <clears throat> they even explain it. One of the characters who's like a prepper that they kind of mock, but the prepper explains to them that the the energy beam that is zapping them and 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 basically killing them that they're EMF weapons. 5G EMF weapons. So they're here on this Leave the World Behind number one viewed Netflix movie, they're telling the American public in the open that not only does there exist EMF weapons and 5G weapons, they're telling it right to your face. And there are so many Americans that are so dumbed down and tragically, and it breaks my heart, there are so many American Christians that are so dumbed down that no matter how many times people like me tell them, and even when it's being told to them by the Obamas and mainstream liberal Hollywood in the form of a number one feature film on Netflix, Leave the World Behind, and they see what it's like to be hit by EMF uh, weapons, they, they hear the noise, they, they, they see people fall to the floor, they, the producers very skillfully recreated what would visually for people to grasp and understand what it's like to be hit with an EFM electromagnetic frequency weapon. And there was other deeper truths subtly weaved in to the movie and the script. And if you have been a listener to the Paul McGuire report and you had watched this movie, you can still watch it. Uh, you had have noticed that there were subtle disclosures of scientific realities, biologic, biological realities, genetic realities, military realities, were subtly disclosed in the movie if your eyes were open and if you were equipped with the mental resources to grasp it. Now, I have shared with you, and I hope others have too, the mental resources you need to understand what they were openly showing you in the movie. 
Okay? So, this whole movie is like a biological apocalypse movie. Now, in the movie, <clears throat> there's like a, two parents. Well, there's, two, there's three parents. One of the, the, the mother of one is not there. So, and there's two young people, and there's one guy who's like a teenager, okay? So, they're running through the, the, the bushes and stuff because the animals are going crazy, and they don't want to get attacked by the animals. Now, you know from listening to this program or, or other sources that one of the things that EMF frequency waves do is they cause animals and humans to go crazy depending upon the, the electromagnetic frequency they're tuned at. So there's a very deliberate scene. Teenager is going through the foliage, you know, knocking bushes out of the way and, and trying to run and escape these animals. When all of a sudden he yells out because he's bitten, uh, I guess it's in his leg or thigh area, he's bitten by a very large insect. And what they're showing you is the relationship between EMF weapons driving nature and insects, etc., to go crazy. So this insect bites the teenage boy in the leg. His leg starts to bleed. He's trying. At first, he doesn't know why. He's all all of a sudden nauseous. He's all of a sudden uh, feels like he's dying. He's ready to pass out, and it looks like he's going to die or something. No, he's dying. So he notices that this insect has bit him in, in in the thigh. Now I want you to to picture this with me. When they give you the vaccination or the jab. What it, what your, a needle is puncturing your skin, and they're injecting, you know, secret ingredients, if you will, contained in the vaccine. They're injecting it into your human bloodstream by a jab or a needle that punctures your skin and causes blood to be exposed. Okay. Now, think you were watching the movie with me. And you see an insect, uh, an insect that is performing the same function as the jab or the needle in the vaccination. It is puncturing the skin and injecting some dangerous components into the human bloodstream. So, on the subconscious level, your mind grasps the fact that. There is a similarity or a parallel truth being shown to you. Even if you don't get it consciously, on the subconscious level, your mind is processing the teenage boy getting, quote, jabbed or stuck with a needle in his thigh, which punctures the skin, which causes blood to flow. Subconsciously, you, you realize this is a parallel mechanism to a vaccine jab or a hypodermic needle vaccine injection. The insect becomes, in a sense, the jab or the vaccination. Got it? So when they turn up the frequency of the EMF uh, 
frequency attack, he gets sicker and sicker and sicker. Now, point number two, they're revealing to you on a subconscious level, listen to what I'm saying, it'll save you a lot of grief down the road. As they turn up the frequency, the EMF weapon frequency, the kid gets sicker and sicker and sicker and starts to die. What? Nobody else is dying like he's dying. And then he notices, as he touches his teeth, that all of his teeth are falling out of his mouth in blood. I mean, he barely taps a tooth, and the tooth falls out onto the ground covered with blood. All of his teeth are beginning to fall out. Why? Why is he dying? Why are his teeth falling apart, uh, falling out? And everybody else is like being becoming sick and feeling the oppression of the EMF attack. But the teenage boy, he's on a whole nother level. He's dying from it. Why? 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 They're showing you why on a subliminal subconscious level. There is, and this has been released in certain scientific journals in the last several months, which I read. I, I talk about, I warn you about this specifically in my books. For example, Power from on High. Uh, the Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, A Prophecy of the Future of America. There is a scientific relationship between the electromagnetic frequency, death ray, if you will, 5G, and what's in the vaccine or what's in the jab. Got it? Pay attention to what I'm saying. It'll, it'll, it'll do you well. In the days to come, pay attention to what I'm saying. Don't forget what I just told you. There is a montage of images that are being shown to you in the movie. Most people, probably 99% of the people watching the movie, will have no idea what is being communicated to them subliminally. You are not supposed to be dumbed down like that. God doesn't want his people in a stupor. I have just told you the subconscious or hidden, or secret meaning behind those images. They're communicating to you something very heavy, but you have to have the intelligence, the mental preparation, and the eyes to see it. So, what they're showing you is that there's a relationship, a direct relationship, between what happens to you after you receive the jab, or after you receive a hypodermic needle vaccination, and when somebody has the stuff that's inside the vax passed into their blood-brain barrier through a needle or a jab or even an insect uh, motivated by an EMF frequency, the insect, when you see the kid getting punctured by the insect, subliminally, subliminally you realize it's just like a hypodermic needle. It just happens to be an insect. And so the reason his teeth are falling out the reason he's dying is because he, because he, his, his bloodstream has been infected by whatever the secret components were that the insect was carrying in the insect when it punctured his skin. When the attackers of the U.S. turn up the frequency of the EMF frequency weaponized beam, he starts to die and all his teeth fall out. They are communicating to you a scientific truth, which is, wake up. Would you really? Some of you need to wake up and quit walking around in a blank stupor. I'm trying to impart something to you that will save your life in the days to come. 
And I advise you to be very careful about who to talk to about it, because you're gonna, they're going to think you're flat out crazy, and you don't have time to waste defending yourself from some nonchalant fool. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, you do. Okay. And that wasn't meant to talk down to anybody. I just feel very passionate about this. Passionate because I know it's this is life and death. Do you understand? This is not a game. We're not in Leave It to Beaver Town anymore. Okay? Okay. So they're showing you what has been released in certain scientific journals. They have discovered that there's a relationship between whatever the secret sauce is or the secret ingredients inside the jab or vaccine. There's a relationship between that and the EMF frequency or the 5G frequencies that can interact with the human body. What that means is that the vaccine or the vax, the jab, is one part of a weaponized equation. The second part of the weaponized equation is is that the secret ingredients in the jab and the vaccine and in the insect that bit the kid, the second part of the scientific secret is that the EMF frequencies and the 5G frequencies have been designed from the beginning to interact with, activate, and do all kinds of things inside the bodies of people who have gotten the vax or the jab. So from now on, I'm asking you humbly in the name of Jesus to quit thinking of these things as separate components. They're connected. And what I'm trying to get across to you with, with every ounce of compassion and love for you that I can muster, and I'm probably being misunderstood by some people as being angry. I am not angry at you or your loved ones. I am angry at the spiritual forces that are trying to bring America down right in front of your face. So there's a relationship, okay? This is the key truth. This is the takeaway. There's a technological scientific connection between EMF, 5G, and the secret ingredients inside the vax, uh, the jab, and insect, certain insect bites. Now, they're showing you that right out in the open. And you've got to ask the question, well, why would they show us that right out in the open if it's such a powerful secret? Because these people, whatever they are and whoever they are, they're not stupid. They have not been dumbed down. They have spent their fortunes openly telling you. I mean, how much more do you want? Your enemy has told you for decades and decades, beginning with the Huxleys and others, they have openly told you what their game plan is. They have openly told you what their end game is. And they have openly told you, in, 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 in not in mainstream media, those are paid liars. They have openly told you all kinds of truths. And they've told you in a mainstream feature film, Leave the World Behind, and many other uh, what are called predictive programming devices. They've told you that because they know it's going to go right over the heads of 98%, 99% of the population. But I believe that in their occult belief system, as well as in a psychological warfare uh, methodology, they believe they have an occult obligation to tell you to whatever degree beforehand. They, in, their, in, in the structure of their occult belief system, I believe that they have a belief that they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. 
even though they know most people will not get it, will not understand it, they still have an obligation, according to their occult beliefs, to tell you exactly what they're going to do before they do it. And if, you, if you're too dumb to figure it out or, 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 or too socially engineered and brainwashed to understand it, I believe they think that they're absolved of, of any responsibility because they did tell you. And if you're too dumb to, to see what was plainly communicated to you right in front of your eyes, then, then, then that's on you. Okay? Now, we're going to come back in just a second. But I need your help in getting these messages through. And I would urge you to be very strategic, very prayerful, and think about how or if or even if you're going to communicate this to certain people in certain social settings and in certain arenas in our society. Because if you're not strategic, if you're not being led by the Lord, if you're not being very precise in your communication, it is the nature of people that are programmed that when you threaten the, the status quo of their programming, they have an automatic desire to strike out against you, to demonize you, to marginalize you, to mock you. So you don't want to be set up. You don't want to be sucker punched. And you will be. I would be, too. If I communicate this in the wrong avenues, and you know, I'm taking tremendous risks on your behalf, because I'm speaking to a lot of people right now all over the place. But I chose to take that risk. But I am, I am not a fool, and I understand that when you tell this level of truth, you carry a heavy weight, and I need you to pray for me and my family and those involved in this ministry, and I need you to, yes, financially help me wage this spiritual war, because it is a war. If you think it's anything less than a life-and-death war for this nation, for your family, and for yourself, then you're being naive. And I don't think that most of you are naive, but the people you interact with, well, it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. But they're telling you right in the movie. And then when they go meet the prepper, well, let's, let's do that in just a moment. By the way, when you give or make a donation to Paradise Mountain Church, you can do it safely and electronically at paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Help us to break the rigging war against us. Become a prayer warrior for us and ask the Lord what you can give and donate. We're in this together. We either go down together, we go into captivity together, or we stand strong in the love and the light of Jesus Christ together. The choice is yours. The choice is ours. God has given us that choice, and he's also given us an incredible amount of spiritual power and wisdom if we will obey him and use it. So visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Um, beginning with at least my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, and then continuing on with The Greatest Battle and uh, Power from on High, Conquering the Matrix, all available at a big discount right now at paulmcguire.us. I have talked to you in these books and on this program about predictive programming. What is predictive programming? Predictive program. Predictive programming is a psychological mechanism developed and utilized in psychological warfare, scientific mind control, social engineering. Predictive programming has been employed for a long time by the Fabian socialists, the elite British intellectuals like H.G. Wells, who was the author of uh, Invasion, 
from Mars, or excuse me, H.G. Uh, Wells was the author of War of the Worlds, which was made into a movie starring Tom Cruise. H.G. Wells wrote The Island of Dr. Moreau, which uh, dealed with genetic engineering and, and uh, using the DNA of animals and, and men and women and, and mixing them together. H.G. Wells was the author of The Invisible Man, and he, he was the author of many nonfiction books like The New World Order, uh, f- fiction movies like The Shape of Things to Come. H.G. Wells was the former head of British intelligence during World War I. So that tells you he knew all about psyops and mind control and stuff like that. H.G. Wells personally trained the Huxley brothers, Aldous Huxley and Julian Huxley. And what H.G. Wells understood how to utilize these, these movies and books that he did for the purposes of predictive programming. So, for example, predictive programming is when you depict a reality in a science fiction novel, uh, uh, not just science fiction, a drama, action, adventure, or whatever. You, you show oftentimes apocalyptic films, films about World War III or nuclear wars or, or social chaos. The specifics, such as what the elite are really planning to do, what their end game is, is actually revealed openly to you in books written by people like H.G. Wells and in his movies like Invaders from Mars. In, in Aldous Huxley's book, Brave New World, about a scientific dictatorship built on genetic engineering and scientific mind control, or transhumanism promoted by his brother, Julian Huxley, with the full weight and authority of the United Nations and UNESCO behind him. But predictive programming, the purpose of uh, Leave the World Behind is predictive programming. In predictive programming, they will reveal openly a great deal of the truth, a great deal of specific facts about what is to come, because they're preparing your subconscious mind to be receptive of the changes and the transformations. And one of the purposes of predictive programming is to set up the the fictional situations in the form of dramas, to set up these fictional situations, like the move, the Hunger the Hunger Games movie series. That's all predictive programming. The movie Z with Brad Pitt, predictive programming. In predictive programming, you play out the 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 total chaos scenarios that people are terrified could and would happen. And they they play it out right before your eyes. And in the process, they reveal to you all kinds of secrets about technologies, the future, sciences, about what's really going to happen. They reveal to you a ton of secret information in a kind of subconscious download. But you see, they understand scientifically how the human mind functions. And I explain this in my books that I just named for you. Predictive programming essentially prepares people's minds to accept as inevitable, that means you can't do it, they're telling you a lie, but they're telling it to your subconscious. They're hypnotically training you to believe the lie. There's nothing you can do about it. So just go with the flow and accept it. That's the purpose of predictive programming. It creates the illusion 
that they're disclosing to you all kinds of top secret information about the future. But in reality, they are hypnotically programming your subconscious mind to accept the dystopian future, the futuristic dictatorship, and all the rest of the horrific uh, visions they have for your future. So, but underneath it all, they're teaching, they're training your mind. They're training your mind to believe a falsehood. What they're training you to believe is contradictory to the Word of God. They're training you to believe that nothing you can do can change what's going to happen in the future, so just go with the flow and accept it. In addition to that, at key points in whatever movie or novel or drama film that they're presenting to you, that is communicating predictive programming, they will always add a whole bunch of in-your-face but targeted for your subconscious mind. They will add all these diversionary trails, diversionary pathways that are essentially telling you if you follow the lies they're feeding to you, that you will be safe, you will be okay, you will be protected, your family will be taken care of. You won't have to fear the future scenario that they're presenting to you because if you go along with the program and you don't rock the boat and you don't question them, that they're going to make, you know, it's like, you know, parents used to say when I was a kid, if you scratched your finger or something, let me kiss the boo-boo. And kissing the boo-boo was, you know, kissing the scratch where there was blood on your finger or something. And it'll make it all better. Well, kissing the boo-boo you know, the, the, the child's scratch or whatever. Kissing the boo-boo doesn't make anything better. But the kid is all is, is relaxed and happy and smiling because the kid is no longer terrified of the scratch on his or her finger or wherever because mommy kissed the boo-boo. You understand? Really, when you say kissing the boo-boo, it's kind of a hypnotic programming technique that whether you realize it or not, your child is, is, is put into a calm state of mind and no longer upset about what has happened to him or her because mommy kissed the boo-boo. You see, they understand these psychological forces. So they're simultaneously doing predictive programming, but simultaneously, like in the movie Leaving, Leave the World Behind, they're suggesting, they're downloading into your subconscious that if you follow their new normal, if you go along with their great reset, if you allow them to implement the radical, communistic, Marxist, social transformational changes that they want to bring about in our society, if you go with their communist, Marxist, socialist, great reset program, if you go along with their totalitarianism, if you stop resisting it, if you just roll over and accept your, your vaccine passport, which is a brainwashing term to get you to associate getting the vaccine as the equivalent of uh, being able to have freedom and to travel to and fro, so they use passport. So the, the term uh, vaccine passport is a psychological conditioning term designed to brainwash you on the subconscious level into believing that if you get the vaccine, it will give you freedom, it will keep you free, and thus they link it with the positive and friendly term passport, vaccine passport, where in reality, a vaccine passport is the act, is exact opposite of what they're telling you it is. Now, please hear what I'm saying. The vaccine passport 
is the exact opposite of what they're telling you it is. The vaccine passport is an aggressive is, is, is an aggressive promotion of the vaccination and the jab under the subterfuge of it being something that's good for you. When in reality, the vaccine passport, yeah, it is a passport. Guess what? It's a passport to hell on earth. Did you hear what I said? Don't ever forget it. The vaccine passport is a passport. It's a passport to hell on earth because it implies the creation of a never-ending totalitarian corporate-dominated, corporate-controlled database. A corporate-controlled database linked to the, to the psychological mythology of a vaccine passport brainwashes the average deadhead into believing that mommy's going to kiss the boo-boo or the big nurse, rather, let's, let's change it, let's modify the way I presented it. More accurately, it's not mommy who's going to kiss the boo-boo because they're going to outlaw through political correct conditioning, they will outlaw the verbiage mommy. So it will be illegal in their future world to say mommy kissed the boo-boo because the word mommy will be outlawed in the future they have planned for you. It, it would be more accurate to say the big nurse will kiss the boo-boo or big government, the totalitarian state will kiss the boo-boo and magically make everything better. But that's a lie because this will be a corporate totalitarian database where not only Every single facet of your life, everything you buy, everything you sell, everything you, uh, you uh, think, everything you say, everywhere you go, whatever your private beliefs are, everything is monitored. And then just like communist China, make no mistake about this, this is going to be the vaccine passport is the Chinese social credit system on steroids. Are you tracking with me? Because it will facilitate the creation of a massive corporate database in which every kind of information you could think of will be stored in computers concerning your life. And on top of that, you, you will be allowed by the big nurse to travel or you will be restricted to staying in your city or restricted eventually into staying in your state. You will not be allowed to travel to and fro outside of America. It's a, it's a clampdown and control of your freedoms. So the only way that you will be free to be free is that you will be forced to, through psychological pressure and through very tangible and very real economic and social rewards and punishments, just like the Chinese social credit system, you will be either allowed or disallowed traveling renting a car, getting a government job, getting this, getting that, because everything you do or would like to do, listen to what I'm saying, this is heavy stuff, and it's coming very, very fast. It's like a snowball starting on the top of a snowy mountain. You know what happens, right? The snowball starts to roll, and it rolls faster and faster, and the next thing you know, the tiny snowball, by the time it generates momentum uh, roaring down a hill, it becomes a massive deadly avalanche of snow that wipes out a city or people's cabins or whatever, even though it only started like a little snowball. 
Okay. It's, you can deal with it in the snowball stage. You can't deal with it in the avalanche stage. So all of this, your freedoms, what you can do and what you can't do, and, I'll, and it will be a long, intrusive list, will be based on whether or not you do things like get the vaccine, which means you are going to be forced in the future. You will be forced in the future, the near future, if you don't stand for your freedoms now while well, you can. You will be forced in the near future, no matter how much you don't want to, you will be forced to get the vaccine and all the nasty little secret components that are included into it. Even though there are negative reports everywhere about the, the adverse effects, they intend to lock you into a system where they are going to use every pressure and power at their disposal to try to force you to get the vaccine. Now, you can deal with it at the snowball stage, or you can deal with it at the avalanche stage. So, you know, I have done my duty before the Lord. I haven't completed my duty before the Lord. But I functioned as a faithful watchman in that I blew the trumpet. I did not turn a blind eye to the danger ahead like so many in the ministry are doing right now. And tragically, so many of God's people are financing unfaithful ministers of the gospel. They're unfaithful because they saw, they pretended they didn't see the danger ahead. And so when God's people are wiped out, as they will be, um, it was because there was no watchman willing to stay awake, see the danger ahead, and then be faithful to the Lord to blow the shofar or the trumpet of warning. I have blown the trumpet and shofar of warning for decades. For decades. For decades, at an incredible price that you will never know, because I'm never going to tell you, because it's not important for you to know. But what is important is I must have your empowerment. I must have your willingness to contribute to this ministry, to pray for this ministry and those involved, and to help stand with me. You see, the whole story of the watchman on the wall is that it's the will of God. Hear me, would you? You're not supposed to be getting your theology or your Bible prophecy from predictive programming. What God is telling us in the account of the watchman on the wall is that it is the will of God, please hear me, it is the will of God that his people be spared the destruction that's coming, the slaughter that's coming. It is the will of God that God's people be delivered and spared from the destruction and the slaughter that's coming. But God has given us a free will. Therefore, whether or not we are delivered and spared from the destruction to come is contingent upon whether or not we are willing to obey the word of the Lord and we appoint faithful, not unfaithful, watchmen to, to stand on the wall and to keep a lookout for the enemy when he comes. Then it is contingent upon that watchman being faithful to actually see the danger that's coming. And then that watchman must actually blow the shofar or the trumpet as loud as he can. And then it's contingent upon God's leadership and God's people, when they hear the blowing of the shofar, that they understand that danger is coming quickly, and they have a limited, limited amount of time to organize themselves and marshal their defenses and prepare for an invasion 
so that they can resist it, so they can stand against it. And so ultimately, because they obey the warning of the watchman, and their leadership obeys the warning of the watchman, and the people obey the warning of the watchman, the people of God, what God wants is for his people to rally together, and God will bless them as they rally together in peace, in a law-abiding manner, in the spirit of love, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and in accordance with his word, God will bless and supernaturally enhance the talents, the gifts, and abilities of his people. And so victories that we think are impossible in our finite human mind, we will discover at that moment, at that moment in history, which is now, the moment in history that I'm talking about is not tomorrow, it is now. The trumpet is being blown now. Tomorrow's too late because the enemy will have breached the gates. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not playing games. Every fiber of my being, my DNA resonates with the truth of God that exists from his word. And I'm simply integrating his word with reality, which is the responsibility of any faithful minister or watchman on the wall. Now is your opportunity to stand in the power of the Lord. The armies of Israel quivered in their boots as Goliath, the Nephilim giant, strutted back and forth, mocking them. And David didn't accept the, the, the armor of Saul, and he was mocked and attacked by his brothers. And he was mocked and attacked by the armies of Israel. But David was the only man who, who would dare to believe God and walked up and looked Goliath directly in the eyeballs. And from out of David's inner man, and this is not something David planned to say, it was an utterance prompted by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God thundered through David's diaphragm these words to Goliath and all the armies of Israel and the, army, and the enemy armies heard the words that David spoke to Goliath when he said, how dare you defy the armies of the living God. And, and Goliath continued to mock him. David slung his slingshot with one stone, and he loosed that one stone, which hit Goliath directly in the forehead right above his eyes. And then and Goliath dropped dead in front of all the army, the enemy armies. And then David grabbed the hair of Goliath, the Nephilim giant. There's a lot of implications here on a genetic level. The genetic giant Goliath was defeated. David held up his head before the enemy armies. And when the armies of Israel saw it, the wind of the Spirit of God came back in their earthly frames and supernaturally strengthened them. And the enemy armies ran for their life. Now, what happened? That was a moment in history where God's people were sentenced to death, but they didn't die, did they? They triumphed because one man out of an army, one man out of an army decided to stand in the power of the Lord and not his own power. And notice, because God is no fool, when God gives us this account in the Bible, notice that the exact same place that David, that David's smooth stone launched by his slingshot, the stone smashed into the forehead of Goliath in the exact anatomical location of where the third eye or the all-seeing eye of Lucifer is located. I want to repeat that again. 
Goliath was a Nephilim giant. He was a hybrid between human DNA and fallen angel DNA. And where David hit him with the rock from his slingshot was in the exact same place on his forehead where the occultic third eye is, or what is known as the all-seeing eye of Lucifer. That same all-seeing eye of Lucifer is embodied on the pyramid on the back of the U.S. dollar. Do you see the connection between America, God, Israel, and the power of God? There's a prophetic warning here. And the prophetic warning is is that God is telling his people now, in fact, he's telling you now, that we are not to fear the all-seeing eye pyramidical occultic structure. We are not to fear the Luciferian elite or the globalist elite. We need to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit in an authentic and biblical manner. We need to operate like David did and use the weapons of our warfare that are mighty through God. And so we may not use this, you know, the carnal ways of, of the world, but God is telling us through the example of David that the all-seeing eye Luciferian system, which is a symbol of mystery Babylon, that it can be dropped. It is not impossible to drop the Nephilim giants in our world today. The giants in our world today have a connection to the trillionaire class and the billionaire class and their secret occult societies. They worship the all-seeing eye system because they worship Lucifer. God is showing us that one man operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit uttered words created and empowered by the Spirit of God. He was not just speaking to Goliath. Are you hearing me? David was not just speaking to Goliath. He was speaking to all the armies there, and he was speaking to the entire Luciferian system that was embodied by Goliath, because that's why the rock, the smooth stone that David hit Goliath with, strategically landed in the same place on his forehead that the all-seeing eye of Lucifer is always depicted as being, or the third eye is depicted as being. The smooth stone collided directly into the Luciferian all-seeing eye system. That system is still ruling the world today. That's why it's on the back of the U.S. dollar. As you look up towards the top of the pyramid, on the back of the U.S. dollar, you see the all-seeing eye of Lucifer. Now, instead of seeing yourself as a slave to the all-seeing eye of Lucifer system, where it says New World Order, translated from Latin at the base of the pyramid, seek the face of God. Be filled with the power of God, authentically. Operate according to the Word of God, by adhering and rightly dividing the Word of God. And God will give you, when it's necessary, at the critical moment, and that critical moment, my friends, is now. The critical moment is now. It's now. And the clock is ticking. That's why I have a picture on the front of my book, Power from On High. The purpose of that picture is not to showcase myself. I happen to be in the picture, but the most prominent symbol that I'm showing you in the cover of Power from On High is I'm telling you by the composition of the picture on the cover of Power from on High, I'm showing you a clock. The clock is under a giant American flag. I'm trying to communicate something to you symbolically. Above the clock, which is at the midnight hour for the end times, 
and it also means that time is up, and it also means the time is now. And above that clock is a giant American flag. And so I'm connecting the fact that the time is now, prophetically, with the destiny, not the occult destiny of America, but God's destiny for America. But God's destiny for America is contingent upon the obedience of God's people. Just like David had to be obedient, we have to be obedient. And then when we're obedient, God will send us the power we need from on high, and what seems impossible becomes possible. That's, that's what I've attempted to convey to you. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I need your help. Stand with me. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. <laughs>